0: You're listening to the Community Conversations Podcast, published by Blood Advances, Journal of the American Society of Hematology. My name is Dr. Andrew Weirich, professor of internal medicine with an adjunct in pathology and also vice president for research at the University of Utah. I'm also the associate editor of Blood Advances. I'm your host for today's interview with Dr. Alyssa S. Wolberg, professor of pathology and laboratory medicine at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. We are discussing her recently published manuscript, Factor 13 in Plasma but Not in Platelets, mediates red blood cell retention in clots and venous size in mice. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to provide you with just a little bit of background and overview of, of the uh, study from Dr. Uh, Wolberg's lab. The transglutaminase factor 13 stabilizes clots against disruption and is essential for hemostasis. Interestingly, previous studies demonstrate that factor 13 mediates the size of clots by promoting red blood cell retention, and factor 13 deficiency decreases red blood cell retention in thrombi and, as a consequence, decreases thrombus size. Alyssa's group sought to pinpoint the endogenous source of factor 13 that regulates venous thrombosis and whether factor 13 activity can be reduced to suppress thrombosis without imposing deleterious hemostatic consequences, specifically bleeding. The primary findings of her group are the following The effects of factor 13 on clot weight are not due to reduced thrombin generation, decreased platelet mediated clot retraction, or factor 13 independent transglutaminase activity. Factor 13 from plasma, but not platelets, however, promotes formation of high molecular weight cross link fibrin species and red blood cell retention in clots. And partial reduction in factor thirteen plasma reduces venous thrombo size but does not increase bleeding. These primary findings are fascinating, somewhat surprising in, in regards to factor thirteen from plasma as being the major regulator, and certainly have therapeutic implications. With that, I'd like to ask Alyssa a few questions and let her comment on the findings in her studies. First Alyssa, all current anticoagulant therapies have a risk of bleeding. Would targeting factor thirteen come with the same risk?
1: that's a great question Andy Thank you um, it we know that factor thirteen deficient patients uh, do have an increased risk of bleeding and complete factor thirteen deficiency comes with pretty profound risks of bleeding. Um, but what we found in our study is that partial reduction of factor 13 reduces the thrombus size, but in two mouse models, doesn't seem to increase the risk of bleeding. So, we actually surmise that this may be a particularly attractive aspect of targeting factor 13. In particular, all the other anticoagulants that are on the market also come with a risk of bleeding, but they all fundamentally interfere with a similar place in the coagulation cascade with respect to preceding the generation of thrombin and the production of fibrin. Factor 13 inhibition allows for normal thrombin generation and normal fibrin deposition and just changes the way in which the fibrin is subsequently stabilized. And so it's a very different mechanism of action uh, compared to the current anticoagulants. And, and we wonder then if it might this different mechanism of action might um, be useful in combination with conventional anticoagulants or be particularly useful in patients that have um, persistent or recurrent thrombin in spite of what appears to be an, uh, adequate anticoagulation
0: so that's really interesting I'm going to comment on this it almost sounds like um, you know aspirin doesn't prevent all the thrombotic activities of platelets and so what you're saying here is that the fascinating piece of this is that you still have intact thrombin generation and platelet mediated clot retraction is normal so therefore it, this has a really a potential niche because it it leaves many of the important things intact in the coagulation cascade, um, so therefore you don't have increased risk for bleeding. Did I catch that right?
1: Yeah, you did. We think we, we it, this differs fundamentally from, from many of the other um, anticoagulants and, coagula- and coagulation inhibitors. In fact, because it allows for all of those normal processes to occur early and fibrin deposition um, occurs normally, we know fibrin deposition alone isn't quite enough. It has to be stabilized to be a, a normal clot by simply... Uh, reducing factor 13 activity, we may be able to find a happy medium, and there may be a fairly wide potential uh, therapeutic range in which we can do this safely. That's what we're continuing to try to investigate.
0: Mm, That's really cool. So did your study yield other information about factor 13 that you think will advance the field?
1: Yes, in the course of doing these experiments, we had to first start out by addressing several um, controversial topics that arose during earlier publications investigating factor 13 function. One of them is um, a question regarding whether there's a compensatory transglutaminase activity in uh, factor 13 deficient mice, that once we ablate factor 13, is there something compensating with a similar activity? And our data suggests that that's not the case, and so that helps clarify the role of using these mice in subsequent studies. We've also shown in, in our study that factor 13 isn't necessary for platelet mediated clot contraction, and that's been a really particularly um, important area of research. And there's a number of studies that have found in certain circumstances that it seems to. Um, we don't really understand the nature of the, the differences in the findings between studies that suggest factor 13 is required for clot contraction and ours, but at least at this point, we think that we've demonstrated fairly clearly that clot contraction can take place even in the absence of factor 13. And then our finding, specifically using thrombin generation assays, that really clearly demonstrates factor thirteen deficiency doesn't alter thrombin generation, not only helps clarify some of the biological role for factor thirteen, but also tells us a little bit more, as we were saying, about the mechanism of action and, and what this would and wouldn't inhibit if we, if we try to target factor thirteen.
0: Mm, Great. This next question I have to ask you, because you know I love platelets, (laughs) were you surprised to learn that platelet factor 13 does not have the same ability as plasma factor 13 to promote red blood cell retention in clots?
1: Yes, we actually were. The concentration of factor 13 in platelets relative to plasma is about 150-fold higher. And with the idea that nature doesn't waste energy, we surmise that that factor 13 present in platelets must be doing something. Um, but but our data, both in vitro and in vivo, pretty clearly demonstrate that absence of that platelet factor 13 source um, doesn't alter the ability of the clot to retain red cells. And so we wonder if If that inability of the platelet factor thirteen to have an effect in this assay or or in this or in these uh thrombi stems from a couple. Fundamental differences between platelet factor thirteen and plasma thirteen that is that the platelet material is stored in the cytoplasm, which in and of itself is fascinating and it 's unclear how it gets out, but we know that it takes a while it 's delayed um, appearance or delayed exposure on the surface of the platelet compared to having factor thirteen right there in plasma. so the plasma factor thirteen is bound to fibrinogen so it 's at the right place at the right time, and we think that 's why it 's so much better at cross linking fibrin and supporting red cell retention in the clots and how it differs fundamentally from the sources found in platelets.
0: Mm, that's right. I have a couple follow-up questions on that. So um, what do you think platelet factor 13 does? And do you think, I was just listening to you say it's in the cytoplasm, is is it potentially endocytosed and not stored in like uh, platelet granules? Um, And then if it does have an alternate function, can you speculate on what that might be if it's not involved in major fibrin cross-linking activities or retaining red blood cells and clots?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think that that's a major question for the field to still resolve is how it gets into the cytoplasm and how it comes out. It's not stored in the alpha granules. There's a small amount of 13 in the alpha granule that's thought to be endocytosed with fibrinogen um, uptake by the integrins, but the material that's present in the cytoplasm probably has a different origin. And so how that is, how it enters the platelet, how it how it appears in the platelet in the first place if it's effectively born there um, in megakaryocyte-mediated production um, is is really unknown. I think it'd be a fascinating um study to do um as for what it does whenever it it is actually exposed on the surface of the activated platelet In certain circumstances, it may promote hemostasis because we know that patients that have um, deficient plasma factor 13 but normal platelet factor 13, these are typically B subunit deficient patients, um, tend to have a milder phenotype, so it may come into play in certain circumstances. And then we also know that um, factor 13 may contribute, or it seems to contribute to other maybe non-hemostatic pathways, including wound healing. And, and there's an interesting cardiac defect that's been reported, at least in mice, um, that Factor 13-deficient mice, and I wonder if there could be a role for the platelet Factor 13 in, in some of these other areas, maybe even in immune function or infection. And I think it will it'll require a lot more studies to sort that out, but the, the, the data are potentially fascinating when we uh, get there.
0: Yeah, so that's great. So I'll ask you this final question because, I mean, I'm thinking already about therapeutic potential, but what are your next steps?
1: So the missing experiment, the thing we haven't been able to do yet is to pharmacologically target factor 13 in vivo. I think that would be a neat proof of concept experiment, but we haven't been able to do that because there are no really good effective specific factor 13 inhibitors that circulate with appropriate um, pharmacologic properties to be able to do that experiment. So we're in the process of trying to develop inhibitors that may target factor 13, and we would use these for both basic research studies as well as potentially pursue them with a long-term term, a goal of having a clinical application. And of course, as we were saying, I, I really am interested in identifying functions for platelet factor 13, and there may be an entire another uh, line of research um, buried in, in that finding and understanding what it does. We like to characterize some of the non hemostatic functions of factor 13, whether they come from platelet material or plasma material. And ultimately, factor 13 regulation itself, from the biological standpoint, is very interesting and exhibits some interesting properties. And so we're, we're working, working actively right now to uncover mechanisms that regulate factor 13 levels in the blood and how subunits A and B are regulated and how they come together. And that's a really interesting piece of cell biology that will be clear next steps for us in this uh, line of research.
0: Well, if you think about origins of... uh platelet factor 13 and functions, please keep us in mind to help you collaborate.
1: (laughs) I would be thrilled to, that would be terrific.
0: Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, traveling back and forth between uh, different places to discuss this fascinating study. Please say congratulations to your research team, especially Sravya Katula, um, a graduate student who's really helped him produce this exceptional work that has great value to the hemostasis and thrombosis research community. The findings define a critical role for factor thirteen from plasma during the formation of venous thrombi and certainly suggests that factor thirteen inhibition may have potential as a therapeutic target for preventing venous thrombosis.
1: Thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure.
0: You're welcome. You've been listening to Blood Advances Community Conversations. Visit bloodadvances.org to listen to more author interviews and to subscribe to the Community Conversations podcast. Music for the Blood Advances Community Conversations was performed by the Art Topolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Topolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology. We thank you for listening.